Hello and thank you for joining us for this uh, short time in the Word of God. Now I'm going to start teaching, doing some teaching today on the Holy Spirit. Uh, now the reason I'm doing this is because I believe there's a lot of confusion uh, in the church and, and, and in individual Christians uh, about the subject of the Holy Spirit. Uh, some Christians wonder, you know, if I've received Jesus, do I have the Holy Spirit? Um, and uh, we hear about the baptism of the Holy Spirit. And people also wonder, you know, if, if I'm not baptized in the Holy Spirit, does that mean I'm not a Christian? Uh, and I've heard all kinds of questions and it's, there's a lot of confusion. Uh, and it's sometimes because cert certain groups that teach on the Holy Spirit may have said some things that have confused other groups. Uh, but it's important that, that we are clear on the Word of God. So we're going we're gonna to bring some clarity. Uh, and in fact, I'm, I'm going to be starting an entire course on the Holy Spirit very soon as well. It's going to be made available for free. And it's because I believe that Christians really need to understand and have a clear understanding of the work of the Holy Spirit in our lives. We're going to answer some questions about when you receive Jesus, if you've not yet been baptized in the Holy Spirit, but you have received Jesus, do you have the Holy Spirit? Is there a work that he does in your life? even before the baptism of the Holy Spirit. And we'll talk about some things about, is, the, is, is there a separate experience after salvation called the baptism of the Holy Spirit? And, and, and what is that all about? And why, why, if there are two works, why are there two works? Why, why does the Holy Spirit come into our lives when we receive Jesus? And then why do I need to also be baptized in the Holy Spirit? So just to explore a few of these issues, but the, the importance is clarity. I, I believe God wants every group of Christians to understand what his word teaches about the Holy Spirit. And we want to we put aside the confusion. We want to put aside different things that have been said that might not be fully in line with the word. And we want to look into the word of God uh, because the Holy Spirit is mentioned all over the pages of scripture. We can't just neglect talking about the Holy Spirit. We need some understanding. And in fact, I'm going to start now in John 16. John 16 and verse 7. Now, these are the words of Jesus. Uh, as Christians, we are followers. We're disciples of Christ. His words, what Jesus said, ought to be important to us. So we can't neglect what he said. Jesus had a lot to say about the Holy Spirit. But I just want to highlight this one thing for now. John 16 and verse 7 says this. Now, I tell you, so, so nevertheless, I tell you the truth. It is to your advantage that I go away. Now, why would Jesus say to his disciples, it's better for you, it's to your advantage that I go away? These disciples had, come used, had become very used to Jesus being with them. They had become used to every time they had a question, every time they were confused, every time they needed a miracle, Jesus was right there. And it's like he was on tap. They could go straight to him and get everything they needed. And suddenly Jesus is talking about going away. And he said, it's better for you that I go. Now, I don't know about you. If I was one of those disciples, I would have said to Jesus, uh, Jesus, I'm not entirely convinced about that. I think it would be better if you were here. I've even heard some Christians say things like, you know, if Jesus was still physically here in the earth, I would find it a lot easier to get my healing. Or I would find it a lot easier to get the answers that I need. Well, is that true? Or is it really true what Jesus said, that it is actually to our advantage that he goes away 
Now, why? Why would it be to our advantage? Well, he explains. He goes on and he tells us why. He says, for if I do not go away, the helper will not come to you. And from what he's been saying in the, in, in, in the surrounding chapters, the context there, the helper he is referring to is the Holy Spirit. Um, and uh, he says, but if I, if I do not go away, the helper will not come to you. But if I depart, I will send him to you. I will send him to you. Now, this is what he says is to our advantage. It is to our advantage. It is better for us that we have the Holy Spirit. Now, let's explore this. Let's understand why. Now, we need to realize this, that, that, that the Holy Spirit is very important in the life of the church. The Holy Spirit is very important in the life of the individual believer. And we cannot just sideline, we cannot neglect uh, the, 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 what, he, what, what he is here to do. Uh, you know, the enemy has worked hard at trying to keep the Holy Spirit out of the church. The enemy has worked hard at trying to get Christians confused about the Holy Spirit. And, and, and by sowing so much confusion into teaching and, and getting us confused about our doctrines, the enemy has brought a lot of Christians to a place where maybe they've even got walls up toward the Holy Spirit. There's even churches today that shut the Holy Spirit out uh, and they don't really want the move of the Holy Spirit. You know, we need, we need, this ought to concern us. We ought to say if Jesus said it's to our advantage that we have the Holy Spirit, then we really do want to understand why we want to have the Holy Spirit and understand the work that he is here to do in our lives and through us. So I can't, clear, I can't cover this all in one teaching. Today's just an introduction, just to give us a few principles. And we're going to explore this in depth, uh, partly through these teachings and partly through the online course that I'm going to do on the Holy Spirit. And we'll give you details about that later because it's going to be free. Don't worry. Okay. Okay. But it is essential that we understand the Holy Spirit. It's essential that we capture and really begin to understand the benefits uh, and what he is doing in our lives and what he's here to do. Now, let me just say this, and I'm going to back this up with scripture as we go through this teaching. But you need to realize, well, first of all, let's take a step back even before salvation. The Holy Spirit, the work of the Holy Spirit starts in the life of a person before they're even a Christian. Now, I'm not going to go as much into that right now, but he, it's, he's the one who convicts people of sin. He, lead, he draws hearts to him. But once a person becomes a Christian, the moment you receive Jesus Christ, there is a work of the Holy Spirit that happens in your life. And this is, you know, Christians who have not received the baptism of the Holy Spirit often say, well, you know, I, I have the Holy Spirit. I know I've got the Holy Spirit. Yes, you're right. You do. And I'm going to give you scripture for that. And, 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 and then we'll talk, like I said, about the baptism of the Holy Spirit. Do we need it? If I already have the Holy Spirit, do I need that? Well, we'll answer some of those questions. But uh, the, the work of the Holy Spirit starts in your life the moment you receive Jesus. In fact, he is involved in the, the, the regenerating and the making you a new creation that we talked about last week. It's the Holy Spirit who does that and he regenerates us. And I'll give you scriptures from that as, uh, about that as we go. But I want to just talk specifically about something that Paul says in Ephesians. Ephesians chapter 1. Um, and, and this, I'm going to show you, this happens when you become a Christian, what he's about to talk about. Ephesians chapter 1 and verse 13 says this, In him you also trusted. 
Now, if you remember from some of the things I was saying last week, I talked about these scriptures which, which say in him or in Christ. These are what we call in Christ realities. They show us our identity, who we are in Christ. They also reveal to us what God has done for us through Christ and the work that he is doing in our lives as a believer. So all over the New Testament, you'll find in Christ, in him, through him, by Christ, in whom, these kind of phrases. And they reveal to us a lot, a, a big part of who we are as believers in Christ. When you receive Jesus, you are in Christ. So this verse starts off with this, in him, and in fact, you're going to see it goes through, it comes up again. In him, you also trusted. Now, trusted there is not in the original Greek. It's in italics. Uh, and that's because the, re the reason a word like that is in italics is because the translators added that word in because they felt it helped understanding. Whether it does or doesn't in this verse, I'm not really too sure. I don't think it takes away. I don't think it adds to. Okay, But just just realize that the, the, the concept trust is not actually in this verse. In him, you also trusted, or you could just say in him, you also. And then he continues, after you heard the word of truth, the gospel of your salvation. So he's talking about when someone hears the gospel, when they hear the word, uh, uh, the gospel of salvation. In this verse, he's talking in connection to the gospel and salvation. And he talks about as a person hearing the gospel. Then he, pick, then he comes back again, in whom also, he repeats that, in whom is that in Christ phrase again, in whom also, Having believed, well, believed what? Well, follow what he's saying. He's just talked about you've heard the word, the gospel. Then he talks about believing. What are you believing? You're believing the gospel that you've heard. So you hear the gospel, you believe the gospel. In, in who, so let's read this again. After you heard the word of truth, the gospel of your salvation, in whom also having believed that gospel that you've heard, what happens? He says, you were sealed with the Holy Spirit of promise. This is talking about something that happens when you receive Jesus. This happens in the life of every single believer, every Christian, whether they're baptized in the Holy Spirit or not. Just because the, the verse mentions the Holy Spirit doesn't mean it is, it is only relevant to the baptism of the Holy Spirit. This verse is talking about something that happens in the life of every Christian, every believer. There is something the Holy Spirit does. What, what does he do? It says, well, here, actually, you were sealed. This is not necessarily the Holy Spirit doing this. God seals you with the Holy Spirit. Now, that seal, let me give you, in fact, a few scriptures mention that seal. Uh, 2 Corinthians chapter 1 and verse 21, uh, actually, verse 22 Actually, I'll read verse 21 as well because it's good. 2 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 21 says, Now he who establishes us with you in Christ, there's that in Christ truth again. It's talking about being established in Christ. He who establishes us with you in Christ and has anointed us is God, who also has sealed us and given us the Spirit in our hearts as a guarantee. Now notice that the seal of the Holy Spirit is connected to this concept of a guarantee. 
I'm going to talk about that in just the next few minutes. So we are sealed. And the reason for that seal is a guarantee. Uh, there's other verses. I won't read it now. Ephesians 4.30 also talks about that seal. So first of all, what is the seal? And then what is the guarantee? Well, that word seal talks about a stamp uh, that is placed on something for the purpose of security and preservation. Uh, it, it, it's also a mark. Uh, you know, it, people used, rulers used to have a ring and they'd place a, a seal on documents. Um, they, they, it, it had all kinds of purposes. But part of the purpose of that seal is security and preservation of something. Something is sealed and stamped. A mark is placed on it. And that mark is a seal that's impressed onto something as almost like a stamp. Okay. Um, now there's other, there's other meanings of that word, but let's stick with that for, because of the time. So God, God shows that when you believe, when you receive Jesus, you are stamped with a seal of the Holy Spirit. Now, part of the reason of that stamp is to show who you belong to. This happens in the life of every believer. It happens in your heart. God places his stamp on you, says you are mine. You belong to me. You are sealed. And, 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 and it's that mark that is placed inside of our hearts. And what is that mark? That mark is the Holy Spirit. That mark is the Holy Spirit. Okay. Now, what is the purpose? What is the reason for that seal? Why, why does God give us that? Well, it says, let's read, if we, I've, I've read one of the verses, he said that we're marked with a, that seal as a guarantee. I mentioned that a moment ago. He also mentions that in our original text in Ephesians 1. He says, um, having believed, Ephesians 1, 13, and then going on to 14, says this, having believed you were sealed with the Holy Spirit of promise, continues on into the next verse, who is the guarantee of, of our inheritance until the redemption of the purchased possession to the praise of his glory. So again, the seal is connected to a guarantee. I've been sealed in Christ. Now, if you understand the seal, let me give you briefly, I'm going to explore this a little bit more tomorrow. We're going to go a bit deeper. But that seal is an assurance. It is a guarantee. It, it, it is something that gives you, as a believer, an assurance and a knowing in your heart that you are God's and a knowing of what is going to happen to you when you die and a knowing that you are part of the kingdom of God and you are sealed in his kingdom. You are guaranteed your salvation. Now, a lot of Christians even struggle with that issue. They're not sure. You know, I've prayed. I've, I have I rec I've received Jesus, but I don't know if I'm saved. Well, the purpose of that seal is to give you that assurance. It is to give you a guarantee in your heart, a knowing on the inside of you what is going to happen to you when you die. In fact, the, the verse that I read to you in Corinthians, where he mentions that seal, the context, if you read the surrounding verses, Paul is talking about dying and what's going to happen to us when we die. And he then mentions you have a seal as a guarantee in your heart. The purpose of that seal is an assurance. It is a guarantee. Now, you can't always explain it. You know, if some, when someone has received Jesus into their life, they know that they know that they know on the inside of them they are saved and they're going to go to heaven. 
if you said to me, what's going to happen to you when you die? Or, you, you know, do, you know, a lot of people in the world, they say, well, you know, you can't really know these things. We, we don't know. We can hope. But you see, they don't know what it's like to have a seal in their heart. <laughs> when, when God places that seal, when you receive Jesus, with that seal comes an absolute assurance and a guarantee and a knowing in your heart what's going to happen to you the day you die. I'm not just hoping. That I go to heaven. I'm not just hoping that I'm going to be with the Lord when I die. I know on the inside of me. Now, some Christians might even say, well, you know, you can't know these things. Well, I'm going to show you you can. I'm going to show you God wants you to have an absolute assurance of what's going to happen to you when you die. And or when Jesus comes, if, if he comes back before you die. It is possible. God wants Christians to have that assurance. It is an assurance that he gives us. It's something he puts inside of our heart where we have absolute confidence, a guarantee of what is to come and, and a guarantee of the fullness of our redemption. Now, if you don't have that, then I'd suggest you message us and we'll try to help you. If you're a Christian, if you've been going to church and you don't have that assurance, so we need to help you. We need to help you to realize now there can be all kinds of reasons. I'm not going to accuse you and say, well, you haven't received Jesus. We'll talk about it a bit. But, but God, it is God's desire. It is God's plan that every Christian have a seal and a guarantee and an assurance on the inside of them of their salvation. And that is a big part of the work. That is the starting work of the Holy Spirit in your life. To bring you to that place where you know that you know that you know on the inside that, that you are God's. Now, you can't explain that seal to someone else. It's actually quite hard to put into words. See, someone who doesn't have that seal doesn't understand the seal because they don't have it. They've never felt what it is like to have that assurance. So you can't always put it in words to someone else because once you experience it on the inside, then, that, then you know what it's like. But when you don't have that seal, you, then you're always going to wonder what's happening to me when I say, oh, and, and, and the world is dealing with these questions. And the world thinks it's very strange that Christians say, we know what's going to happen to us when they die. They say, oh, you can't know those things. You can if you've got a seal on the inside of you that God himself has placed there as a guarantee of your eternal destiny. But you can only know what it is like to have that seal once you've got it. That's why I say it's very difficult to explain in words to other people. But as we cover this topic, as I'm coming to the end of our time today, as we cover this topic, I'm going to cover this a bit more tomorrow and give you some more understanding of that initial work of the Holy Spirit that happens in your life at salvation. He, part of his purpose, part of the work of the Holy Spirit is to give you that security and that assurance and that knowing that you are his. And that you've got and what and, and to know that your eternal destiny is secure and set in him. This is a work of the Holy Spirit in the life of a believer. So as I said, if you don't have that, please message us and we'll try to help you. If you would like it. See, going to church doesn't make you a Christian. You have to receive Jesus into your life. Going to church doesn't impress God. Now, once you are a Christian, going to church is a good thing. I'm not saying there's a problem with going to church, but you've got to realize this. Just attending a church, just because you've been raised in a church, doesn't necessarily mean you have received Jesus into your life. You actually have to make a conscious decision 
yourself to believe and to receive the Lord Jesus Christ, to make him Lord of your life and to receive him into your life so that this work happens on the inside of you. It's not just an external work of going to church. It is an internal work in the heart that has to happen in, in, in every individual person. And if that internal work has not happened, there's no guarantee of their eternal destiny. Now, we're going to cover more about this tomorrow. We're going to build this step by step to bring clarity and understanding about the role and the work of the Holy Spirit in the life of each believer. So thank you for listening to us today. Just meditate and get a hold of the bit that we've talked about today. We'll build on this tomorrow. God bless you. I appreciate as well. If you listen to these, I appreciate you commenting. It's last, It's nice to just see if someone listens. It's nice to just see a comment or just press like or something. It's just, it's just a little bit of interaction is nice and feedback. And also, I also appreciate if people share these and share them on your profile or in, in other places that other Christians can hear these truths. And you don't have to, but I appreciate it. So thank you, Father God, for your word. Thank you for the truth of your word. Thank you for what you are showing us and helping us to understand. And I pray for clarity. Thank you that you open our eyes and give us clarity about the complete work of the Holy Spirit in our life and everything that he has for us and everything he wants to do in our lives. We want to know. We want to understand, Lord God. And I thank you that as we do these teachings, you're going to help give every Christian clarity about the Holy Spirit. And I give you the glory and the honor for that. And, and I thank you, Father God. For that seal and that guarantee you've given us on the inside. We give you the glory for that in Jesus' name. Amen. God bless you.